Hey people, this is Aram. Welcome back to God's Fall, a proud member of Neon Rival. Join the collective at neonrival.com. Episode 67, Lost and Found. As the jackdaws prepared to kill Chancellor Gringle, Haldir emerged from the well of Ani and landed between them. The Lord of Ryland had been separated from his old patron by Queen Phryne, and his abilities were now empowered by her divinity. When the trio left, they acquired Anian uniforms and contacted their otherworldly patron deity for their next instruction. It informed the jackdaws that Haldir had broken their covenant and ordered them to capture their former master and bring him to the frozen north. Unable to reach their target directly, the jackdaws trailed Vesson, one of the crew from Haldir's royal fog cutter. This drew the attention of Ariska Tane, another of the Arisen gods who had used her divine gifts to pacify Haldir's crew. Sensing the otherworldly bond shared by the trio, Ariska reached out with her divinity and shattered it, isolating Kaslik from the others. My name is Michael. I'm playing Chancellor Gringle, a fifth-level gnomish scribe. My name is Joe. I'm playing Lord Haldir Loran, a sixth-level high elf warlock. My name is Carlos Luna, and I play the three jackdaws. Inshova, the fourth-level human thief. Kaslik, the fourth-level human ranger. Urukov, the fourth-level human fighter. My name is Allison. I'm playing Ariska Tane, an eighth-level human bard. <laughs> So it feels like they're not getting anything from her. She also is probably in a bit of a panic because she just got completely kicked out of it. She's had this feeling of connection forever, and now she's alone. Ooh. All three of them would keep walking, but they would all have different things in mind. The two that are connected, obviously they're still connected, but they feel as though either she's dead or they've been betrayed. And she is terrified because this is the first time she's ever been alone but in her head she still narrates every three words but they're all blank like she can't fill in the blanks so it'd be something like uh oh i now They walk onto the deck, and Vesson makes a beeline for you. He said, um, he said that, that you sh- should wait. Mortals. Fine. Vesson, thank you. Go sleep or something. The rest of you, these Indians do not belong here. Get them off of the ship immediately. 
your crew immediately turns towards uh, the three Kadarians and some swords come out and they're shouting and they're like, you have stepped onto the royal fleet of Ryland. You must remove yourselves immediately. I imagine all the other soldiers are turning and leaving too, right? Yeah. Am I aware that, that I was successful with the one Jackdaw? Yes, you are. Can I connect with her then? You can try. I would like you to roll your d20 and add your divinity score. 25. As she's turning to walk away, you're able to reach out and speak with her in her mind. What do you say? Hello, my child. She like trips, stumbles a little bit. She's terrified. It's a voice that she hasn't heard before in a tone that she hasn't heard before. So still, in a round of three, who, what, want? Oh, my poor child. I'm your protector now. I have a job for you, and if you do it well, you'll be rewarded. So go ahead and roll persuasion with advantage. And then I would like you to roll, just roll a straight up wisdom. Well, I got a three. I got a 20, not natural. Your spirit just crumbles. Even though it's terrifying, there is this weird undercurrent of warmth. And she just gives in. After she gives in, she can start speaking in full sentences. My will is yours. Of course it is, my child. Of course it is. And it will go better for you. Trust me. While she hears this voice, the other two jackdaws are getting further and further away from her. What do you ask of me? I want you to head back to the palace. I want you to find your way to that frustrating Lord Haldir Loran and tell him that his presence is required, not requested, on his ship. Do whatever it takes deliver the message, and you will be rewarded. Yes, my mistress. Yes. She heads off the ship. The three jackdaws walk back onto the barge. The two of them are standing there, and she's standing there. What are they doing? They're still talking in a three. Usually if one of them dies, then the circuit is closed, and they would be talking in a two. But the circuit didn't die. It, it didn't close. It was cut. It was severed. So they almost can't complete sentences. They can't complete thoughts. They're missing a piece. Any thought or any like survival mechanism that they might have doesn't have an ending to it. It doesn't have a finish or a start or a middle. They're kind of sitting there knowing that they have to do something at this point, but they're surrounded and kind of waiting it out. They can't even have a conversation. It's just an open barge. Everyone would hear them. And she knows this. And she's in the back, and she's just watching them. (laughs) Hall, dear, you have been meditating on your powers for some time now and you are at this point fully confident that any extra awareness you are getting is coming straight through friday so every time you touch that water everything you see she's instantly seeing it like 
instantly makes a connection between you. As long as you're not touching the water, you're pretty sure she's not watching everything, at least not right at that moment. Well, she's trying to be a god for the first time. Well, a full-fledged one, I guess, for the first time in her life. So I'd like to turn my attention to who this person is on the ship. Do I know anybody by the name uh, Ariska? Never. Is she an elf? Would you like to describe Ariska? Uh, Ariska is a human. She is about five foot six. She's very slender. Uh, She has flaming red hair uh, that falls around her uh, shoulders. And she uh, is wearing a dress. It's, It's right on that razor's edge between classy and formal and super slutty. Roll perception. 14 and 5, so 19. So as you're watching everything, as the jackdaws are turned towards the ship and start to walk away, you see the woman stumble, look shocked back at Ariska, and then the slightest nod, and you see her turn and walk down the plank. Now that's interesting. Did I know about Franny's powers? I guess, her emotional uh, manipulation. Yeah, you're very aware of them. You've felt them. All right, so the barge slides back up. It is waved right through. It docks. What do the jackdaws do when it docks? So the two jackdaws, the the two male jackdaws, they're trying to boister like they're in control of the situation. So they get off the boat first. The female jackdaw is in the back. While they're all in line, she's like, she's whispering to the other soldiers. His armor doesn't fit quite right. Is that blood I see? I would like you to roll a persuasion. Ten. And I rolled a natural 20. They just look at you and they just shrug and they go right back to what they were doing. God damn it. On or off? She goes off with the rest of them. So is it just the jackdaws that are off the boat? No one else? No, now there are guards everywhere. There's like still a dozen guards just milling about. She's going to make her way like she knows where she's going. This is out of game, but can someone explain Brannock to me? Like, what's he doing? Why is he imprisoned? When Caitlin uh, used her divinity before she understood what she was doing with it, it was one thing to put the whammy on other godlings, but it was another thing to put it on a mortal. While at the same time he was with Phryne, he in this dream state, he believes that she tortured him, which in a way she kind of emotionally did. I mean, she was manipulating him, certainly. Just not physically. Just not physically. But in his mind, she's been mentally torturing her, mentally torturing him, physically torturing him, everything else. And so he went crazy, and he, anytime he sees her, he just flies into a rage and wants to kill her. So uh, she put him in to the dungeon, basically, and said, stay there. He disappeared for a day whenever he uh, appeared in the Union because the other godlings called him forth. If I remember correctly, didn't he appear covered in blood at some kind of garden party? Is Brannock famous enough that, like, these jackdaws would know who he is? I mean, if, if somebody is, like, really keyed into like, the intrigue of the city, they would have probably pieced together that he was having an affair with the queen at one point. Yeah. Gotcha. If you heard Brennick's name, you would be aware of who that is. The jackdaws are trying to piece it all together. 
They're down a man. They're completely confused. They remember hearing Gringold yelling to make sure that this prisoner is safe. They look at each other. The enemy. My enemy. My friend. And then they head the way to the uh, make their way to the dungeon. So the two jackdaws break off and go left, and she continues forward. And again, they're guards. There's guards milling about everywhere, so no one thinks anything of this. Yeah, she nods down as well, does her little salute thing as she passes, right? And yep, and they open the doors and let her walk in through. Guards, who approaches? A uh, messenger, sir. A messenger from whom? Her Majesty is very busy and cannot be disturbed. Unless it is the speaker herself. A message from the speaker. Very well. I suppose she couldn't deign to come herself. And they wave you on through into the throne room. Take my hand off the throne and start to walk down the, uh, uh, walk down the steps to meet her. Because uh, I recognize as well that she was the one that uh, spoke to um, Ariska. What is Gringle doing, Michael? Well, I'm looking annoyed that the speaker couldn't be bothered to come when, when she's uh, bid by her master, her mistress, the queen, her, her daughter. Why does the speaker not deign to come to the throne when she is bid? She's like kind of standing like the girl from the ring. She keeps her head low, hair kind of in her face, and she completely ignores Gringold. Her head kind of just like slowly turns to Haldir. My mistress requests your presence. Who is your mistress? So since she doesn't even know her name, she would just say it, she would just say mistress again, grinding her teeth now. Cuz every minute that she's not fulfilling the needs of her mistress, it makes her more upset and takes her further away from this love that she is now feeling. My mistress requests your presence. Your mistress what of your master? The mistress has no master. I look at Gringle and I say, perhaps you are right. We do need some more increases in security. This woman is a Kandarian spy. Arrest her immediately. Guards! The doors have flung open and six guards are spilling into the room. You have one... One, one second to say something? Or do something, exactly. Say or do something. They've killed the queen! I want you both to roll persuasion. It's a five. Gringle, go ahead and start shouting. Silence this traitor. Take her away to the dungeon. Hands just clamp around you and they strip you of your weapon. Your arms and wrists get bound behind your back tight and you are marched right out of that throne room. She's screaming the entire time when they grab her before they gag her. My mistress requests your presence. My mistress requests your presence. Silence the heretic. Silence the heretic. And you are drug out of the throne room and towards the dungeon. (laughs) 
a side door and then another stone staircase that goes another 30 feet down beneath the ground. And then there's an opening into a 10 foot by 10 foot square room that has a desk and a soldier at it. And then there's a gate which leads down a corridor to all of the room, well, all of the cells along that corridor. So you're walking towards a gatehouse with another soldier standing guard. There's only one soldier standing guard of Brannock? There's one in this outside room. So there's like a jailer and then there's a tunnel behind him and clearly several cells. I'm going to roll a perception. They're going to be looking for the soldiers outside the jail cell. So I imagine there's a bunch of jail cells. There's probably like a group of them outside one particular one standing guard. 11 and 5. So the big dumb guy is like, you know, looking around. He's like, in his head, he's like, okay, okay, I'm going to say this. Okay, I'm going to say that. Like, like he's like repeating over and over again, like how he's going to get through this moment. But the wiry one is looking around and sees that the guard behind the desk looks a little lazy, a little tired, you know, kind of leaning back in his seat. Obviously, this isn't the choice position for a guard to have. You're looking down the hallway, though, you can see another pair of guards that are much sharper, much more at attention, standing in front of a cell and looking just straight out towards the wall behind it. Uh, the wiry guy steps up and the big guy follows him. Shift change, sir. Yeah, yeah. And he pulls this giant lever next to his desk. And... Shift change. And start heading, heading down to the other two guys. And the other two guys hear the shift change order, and they nod as you approach, salute you. Salute as well. And they leave. And now it's just the two of you outside Brennick's cell. He's had the blood washed off him, thankfully. He's had his hair and beard cut back. His hair is still a little longer than it would normally be, and it's clearly been like just chopped off with a knife so it's scraggly and he looks like really sweaty and he's just hunched over a bunk shoulders are heaving as he's breathing but he's not moving and he's not saying anything so they stand there for a second they talk in unison missing that third beat little gnome making trouble and see I just want to see if he reacts to that I would like both of you to roll will. So roll a 20-sided die What's each. will? Uh, sorry. Wisdom. Yeah. I would like both of you to roll wisdom. <laughs> okay. 15 and 5. They're going in this round, and the second pass they go through, they hear Brannock whisper the word. Do you want to be free? Just at that moment, you hear the doors coming down into the prison swing open, and you hear footsteps coming back down the stairs. And we also hear a familiar voice screaming now, panicking. We've, we've actually never heard it panic, this person panic before. She's just screaming, my mistress requests your presence, echoing down the dungeon. She is wild, and it takes, like, four of them, basically, to, like, hold her, like, one on each arm, one on each leg, like, dragging her. They don't move, 
but their eyes do. Like, their eyes just dart left over, and they say, Never go against our true family. And they throw her in the cell. And they would throw her in the first cell they could get to, and you're like four down, so you're just standing guard as they throw her into the cell, slam the door shut, turn and begin to leave. She starts like pacing her cell, and she's just screaming, my mistress requests your presence. My mistress requests your presence. And her hands and like starts scraping, like with her nails, like starts scraping the red brick and runs her fingers through her hair. The combination of the blood and the brick make it a bright red like her mistress. As soon as I begin to have a sense that she's no longer useful, I cut her off immediately. So she's just run her fingers through her hair, and then she's alone again. She was crazy before. I don't know how I can make her more crazy. Now she's almost like still, like real still, almost catatonic. She's not even speaking out loud. My mistress requests your presence. My mistress requests your presence over and over again. And what are the other two jackdaws doing? They are going to get Brannock out. So they pass right by her door. And the guard at the desk has the key, right? Correct. They look over at Brannock, and then they look down the hall, and they just stare at her, mumbling to herself. They both cock their head, like at the same time, like to the right, like a dog. And then the thief goes to work on her lock. 18. 18 plus 8, that's 26, so pops open and the door swings open. She flies out of her cell and starts running towards the end of the hall. The thief says, the prisoners escaped. The prisoners escaped. He nods, he walks over, he throws the lever and then he walks up and he's like looking to like kind of grab her shoulders and she lunges at the guy, lands on his shoulders, knocks him to the ground and just sinks her teeth directly into his throat, just tears it right out. What do the other two do? The thief reaches down, grabs, kind of like knocks the guy's hand who's kind of like looking for them to like help or like stop them or whatever. Uh, He takes the key off his belt and he walks down the hall like twirling the key in his hand and unlocks Brannock's jail cell. Why does she require your presence? I don't know, but I do intend to find out. We need to wait for the speaker. There can be no other distractions. This is the utmost importance. Please do not allow anybody else in unless it is the speaker herself. 
I shall see to it. But I should tell you, there is one other who I do not see how we will be able to get around unless she is met with an unfortunate accident. Frenemy Adelon, Her Majesty's... Mm, shall we say, whisper-keeper. She will be very difficult to move around and will expect the ear of the queen. Yes, I shall deal with these matters. So I go to the guards and I say, Yes, go to the chambers of Frenemy Atalon and tell her personally to come to the throne room and no one else. The rest of you, guard this chamber. No one but the Speaker of our knee or Frenemy Adelon is to enter upon pain of death. The Speaker of Ani has arrived. The Speaker has stepped into the throne room and the doors have closed behind her and in front of here is Haldir and Gringle. Your grace, you grace us with your presence. She has never liked you, and it is fairly (laughs) evident. She is exhausted by you at all times, and it shows on her face. Mm -hmm. He's just a trumped-up tutor who somehow become, like, (laughs) the right hand of the queen for some reason. Does not care. And you love to run gatekeeper. You mm -hmm. love to run interference. You always make everything go through you, and it's just fucking exhausting. (laughs) I greet her uh, in the most charming way I possibly can. I would like you to roll performance. 13. What does Haldir kind of say well? Your grace, your grace, thank you so much for coming. If you would just, uh, you know, thank you for gracing us with your presence, you know, just generally incredibly formal, perhaps even more so than needed to be almost uh, uh, not so much to be, not not so much to be, I guess, mocking, but... Um, Enough to be like, ooh, how charming. Oh, my. She completely rolled a one, so it doesn't mean she looks at you and nods and looks right back to Gringle. Why have I been summoned here? And where is my daughter? I believe that Lord Haldir Laran has quite a bit to explain. My lord, explain what is going on here and tell me where is my daughter. Your grace, your daughter is safe, but she is hidden. Please allow us only 15 minutes more. There is somebody else who must be in attendance, and this does not explain twice easily. Guards! The doors swing open and guards spill into the throne room. These two are usurping the royal queen of Ani. Take them into custody. And I would like you, uh, Gringle, to roll a persuasion. And beat an 18. Natural one. Belay that order! She's a heretic! I tell you! I tell you she's a heretic! Take her away! Take her away! So one of them just scoops Gringle up and he's struggling and kicking as he's lifted, as the guy's got him by his shoulders and literally just lifted him off the ground. The other three are stepping towards you, Haldir. What do you do? I'm going to channel finding. I would like you to roll a will. Wisdom. I would like you to roll a wisdom. Uh, It's a natural 20. You stand up 
and the shaft of water glows brilliantly. It just explodes with light and floods the room with brilliance and all the guards throw their hands to their eyes. And then this light falls on you and your skin ripples with it. You're standing there glowing before them. You seem to grow a foot taller and shadows cast down from you that when they spill over them have that cold chill of the ocean and they all stop and gasp for breath and immediately bow towards you. Ariska is so impatient at this point. She's certainly not accustomed to being uh, kept waiting in this way. She gives orders to the crew. Get us as close to those doors as you can get us. And she walks confidently to the very bow of the ship and stands as it approaches the doors. Ani is a gorgeous city and you are passing through some of the most beautiful parts of it right as it gets to the final edge of the city there is just this line of trees that leads right up to the main gates and the gates are these beautiful ornate silver structures that allow water to pass through them and open up on a just a one single pull as water pours in and pressurizes these wheels that then sorry and hits these wheels that then turn gears and just effortlessly glide these doors open against the current so just as you're starting to reach those doors you can like Feel the edge of this area that you can't quite get into and all of a sudden it comes into sharp focus. I cast Dimension Door immediately and step through. So you Dimension Door in and you step into a hallway and you see guards have stre- the doors are flung open, guards have streamed in and there is Hall Deer standing Seven feet tall, composed of shining liquid water, his voice booming, and it strikes you. You feel Phryony. You feel this god of emotion slam against you, and you feel this ancient breath of power that was from Zavon. And even you, for the first time in ever since you got your power, for a moment, you gasp. And then regain your composure, and I assume just step inside. Yes, I do. How far away am I from Haldir at this point? You are about 60 feet away. What's between him and me? Several guards, about six guards. Haldir, this power is fading from you and you're returning to yourself. And the very last thing that stops being water is your eyes as they roll back. There are guards kneeling in front of you, and directly behind them is this stunning redhead with a fan. So the uh, uh, the speaker's still there. Rather shocked and broken, and has dropped to her knee, too, which is not something the speaker would ever do. Would they have recognized the figure as Phryne, as their queen? When the water formed around you, it started as your voice, but as you grew and as you became bigger, the water took shape around you, and the shape of Phryony formed around Haldir, and her voice came out of you as her. It was her barking the orders. It was her demanding their allegiance, and then that form kind of sinks back into you, and then it's just you again, and you're like your feet are lowered back down to the ground. It's pretty awesome. As I've been trying to shut out all distraction, I'll do the same right now, despite this this gorgeous redhead who's just stepped out in front of me, right? 
I look over to the speaker and I say, your daughter is safe. Your daughter is still queen. We have not usurped her. I am now her emissary. I am now her prophet. Please, will you listen to what I have to say? Ariska walking forward, eyes focused on Haldir. Do I see her coming? Yeah, I mean, everyone is just so in awe and fear of you. They are on their knees, trembling, looking straight at the ground. And she's just click, 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 excuse me, pardon me, and just kind of like walking around them. And I raise my hand and say, Lord Haldir, you don't want to serve this elvish Onian bitch for the rest of your life, do you? Okay, um, a lot of things happening at the same time. <laughs> I guess it's time to uh, create some order. I'd, I'd like to summon my lions. Surround this newcomer. Uh, please don't let her near me. She crosses her arms, slaps her fan closed annoyingly, begins tapping her foot, cocks her head, looks up at the sky, and I'm going to reach out to those lions and seek to break the bond between them and Haldir. I would like you to roll a d20 and add your divinity modifier. And Haldir, I would like you to roll a d20 and add your wisdom. 12. 12. You snap your fingers. For a second, the lions just, they just kind of drop down onto their you know knees and they look like they're in pain and they howl out at once. And then it stops and they rise. Roll initiative. It's a 20, not natural for me. Uh, uh, natural one. So first to act will be Ariska. You're really not making this easy, you know. I reach out to Haldir's mind, and in his mind I paint a picture of a battlefield. <laughs> A massive army is sweeping over the defensive positions of another and massacring everyone that they see. Throngs of, of forces of every kind. And the vision pulls out back to two people standing side by side behind the advancing armies. One of them is me, my flaming red hair blowing in the wind, and the other is Haldir. In the vision, I make it clear that he is so much more, that he has ascended to true godhood, and not the, the petty godhood of this current situation where there are so many with so few powers, but a true godhood as the gods of old as the world cowers before us. In that moment, Haldir, you feel her reach out with the bridge, and just for a second, it touches you, and divinity washes over you. This thing that was just beyond your grasp, these tendrils that were just out of your hand, this power suddenly floods over. You were completely overwhelmed by it for a moment, and you gasp in 
absolute ecstasy and a single ward leave your lips. War. And you know, you know, you can be the god of war. The bystanders are up on their feet and they are moving towards here and looking to you, Haldir, for orders. Okay, so I got to make sure the lions aren't like stop them immediately, immediately where they are. Call them back to me. Snarl, snarls. They're approaching her and then instantly just their ears perk up. They snap around and they pounce up those stairs in a second and are right by your side and kind of like swirling back and forth with their tails raised, pacing and snarling just the edge of this dais. I guess we're out of initiative. Yep. Unless you want to fight. So I look at her. Uh, and I uh, uh, and I wait, raise my eyebrow, uh, and I say, "Who are you?" She levels her gaze back at Haldir. Of all the questions you could have asked me in that moment, that's the best you could come up with. That's what you want to know. I've shown you what you could have. That doesn't answer my question. I've been known by many different names. You may have heard of me referred to as Vistrix. In this form, I was given the name Ariskatane. And at that point, I reach out with my divinity and try to cut the connection between Haldir and Phryne. Uh, fuck that. I don't know who this person is. I just got all this power. So let's go ahead and resist. I would like you uh, to roll normally. And Haldir, I would like you to roll a uh, die 20 and add your wisdom. 10. 8. There's a break. Your power fades from you. All this connection around you to the water suddenly feels cold and oppressive. The weight of that tear above you feels like the crushing death of the ocean reaching down. You shudder for a moment, but... In that same moment, there's a door. You can now feel this warmth from her. You can feel this power from her. You can feel the promise of your own godhood. What do you do? As the door is being swung open and guards have now grabbed this insane person and are dragging her back down the stairs and out of the way so Gringle can be brought down the stairs. So there's a, there's a screaming gringle. There's a yelling her. It is me. I am the chancellor. There's guards grabbing all around them. And you guys all have unlocked the door. You have, uh, there's spare uniforms there. So you've had time to throw one on. Yeah, And you're just walking out the front and no one's stopping you. As we're walking out the front, uh, we're now all connected. They're collecting all the data that Brannock has. What does that tell them about Haldir, about Phryne? He would know nothing about Haldir at all. What he knows about Phryne is that uh, her powers have grown incredibly strong, that she has abilities to manipulate people's emotions, that she can reach out her thoughts. You also see that 
you know, Brennick was in the Union and you see all the other gods and you see that entire event of them in this huge battle inside the Union. All of that plays out in front of you. You see Ademiel, you see the God of Speed, you see the God of Luck, you see the God of Beasts, you see Doro. All of that plays out in front of you in just a fraction of a second. And then you see back to when they were on the boat and you see back to when they were intimate and you all kind of like take a collective gasp at once as you're in that moment in bed with her and Phryne and then you're boom back in your own bodies I want to check in with the presence I want them to check in with whatever the presence and get and go off of his reaction so they walk up this long staircase and once they get out of the view of the tussle of guards below but right before they go out that front door the three of them turn to each other they all reach out with their left arm and put their left arm on each other's shoulders their three heads bow and you hear the voice you have done well come and bring your new brother Thank you for joining us for episode 67, Lost and Found. For my DM's notes on this and other adventures, head on over to Patreon and support God's Fall. We've got unedited episodes posted as well as early releases of future episodes for all of our backers. And if you haven't picked up a God's Fall world book yet, you still have time to get a print copy. Check out worldbook.godsfall.com and reserve yours today. For more updates and information about the podcast, follow us on Twitter at GodsFallDC and our podcasting collective at Neon Rivals. We are currently exploring the jungles of Chult as we run through the Tomb of Annihilation. For full episodes, check out NeonRival.com and we'll see you next time for more adventures in the Five Kingdoms.